Good evening, everyone. Thank you again for joining us tonight. Uh, you just watched a video from one of our missionaries, Elmo Compton, to Peru. Uh, please continue to pray for not only Elmo, but all of our missionaries as they are going through uh, many of the same things we are, uh, but even more serious than we are as there are a lot of them in third world countries. So continue to pray for our missionaries and then continue to pray for our building project. It, it is moving along slowly as some companies are allowing some of their uh, people to work still. So there is progress being made, just not as quickly as anyone would like, uh, but that's okay. So continue to pray for our building. And then uh, looking at the next few weeks, just, just pray for God's leadership for us as a church and what he would have us to do, whether to continue to uh, do our part and not to spread this uh, COVID-19 and see where we are or if and when the timing is God's timing for us to meet again on our campus. Uh, so just keep praying with that, God's leadership and wisdom and counsel uh, as we, we need that. As a church family, we need that. So pray for that. And then next Wednesday night, exciting news for everyone. We're going to have a drive-in family service here on our campus. So we're encouraging everyone uh, to get in your vehicles as a family and come up to the church, park in the east parking lot. I think we can fit everybody in the, the east and southeast parking lot. And we're going to have a service uh, KSVP is going to be here. You'll be able to turn on your radio at 9.90 a.m. or 93.7 f.m. and hear the service, participate in the service. So bring your soft drinks, bring your popcorn, bring your family, bring your dog, uh, whatever you want. We do ask that you stay in your vehicle, please, so we abide by the uh, guidelines that we have. But uh, pull up, enjoy the time together, and we'll worship together here on campus as best we can right now. So on the April 29th, 6.30 that evening, uh, we'll have a drive-in service here at Faith Baptist Church. We're in a series that I started last week called God's Goodness. Last week, we looked at how God is not only God of the mountaintops, but he's also God of the valleys. This week, I want to look at how God meets our needs. God is a good God. God's a great God, and God meets our needs. God never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always always a good God. He loves us. He cares for us. He, he watches over us. He helps us. And I know the day and time we're living in can cause some, some great stress for us or for many. It can cause a lot of worry uh, in our lives. But understand this, this good God that we have, this great God that we have, this God that loves us and cares for us, does not want us living a stressed out life right now, ever really. He's a good God, and we shouldn't worry about anything if we truly believe that he's a good God. I want you to see tonight why we should never have to worry about anything, and then not only why we shouldn't worry, but how we can count on God and why we should count on God to let him meet our, our needs. Randy Alcorn talks about what happened to a friend of his. Her name was Ethel Herr. Randy wrote a book called What Good Is God? And it told the story about Ethel, said she had a double mastectomy. And then two months later, the doctors discovered that the cancer had, had spread in her body. One of her friends in shock asked her, and how do you feel about God now? Hers says, as I sought to explain what had happened in my spirit, it all became clearer to me. God has been preparing me for this moment. He has undergirded me in ways I've never known before. He has made himself increasingly real 
and precious to me. He has given to me such joy that I've never known before. And I've no need to work at it. It just comes, even among the tears. He has taught me that he will lead me on whatever journey he chooses and will never leave me for a moment on that journey. Ethel goes on to say this, God is good no matter what the diagnosis or what the prognosis or the fearfulness or the uncertainty. God is always good. Now, I love that quote by Ethel. I mean, battling cancer and, and, and just going through what most of us would fear in our lives is the big C word. And in that time, as a believer in Jesus Christ, God was meeting her need in a way he had never met it before. And that's what he wants to do for you. And that's what he wants to do for me. So three facts tonight. If you take some notes, I encourage you to always to do that. Uh, three facts about the goodness of God tonight. See if you agree with me on these facts about God. If you do agree, let me, let me encourage you. Just interact just a little bit. I know you're, you're comfortable, you're at home or wherever you're watching this. Uh, say, I believe or say amen or, or just say yes out loud if you agree with these, these statements. The first one is this. God is the source of everything we need. God is the source of everything we need. We don't have to look to our, our spouse. We don't have to look to our retirement fund or account. We don't have to look to Social Security. We don't even have to look to our job. We don't have to look to our government or our civil authorities or anything this world has to offer to meet our needs. God is the source that meets every one of our needs. Now, the point I want to make here is that if we are going to put our security in something, we need to put it in something that can never be taken away from us. Because if we put our security in something that can be taken away from us, then we're really not secure. We can lose our health. We can lose our job. We can lose our, our, our life. <laughs> we can lose our good looks if we ever had them, right? We, we can lose our family. We can lose all those things. So we don't need to put our security in those things. Psalms 23.1. Uh, don't go there. I can actually go ahead and go to Matthew 6 if you want. The Psalms 23 has been our, our uh, psalm that we're using in this series to get us going and then letting us take us some other places. But Psalms 23.1, you know this psalm, and if you don't know the psalm, you're going to memorize it with me real quick. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, I want you to participate. I want you to say that with me. We're going to, I'm going to say it again. Say it with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's the place where our good God says, I will be your security in every area of your life. God is the source of everything we need because he is our shepherd. And then write this down. There is nothing we need that God can't supply. There is nothing we need that God can't supply. If God is the source of everything we need, then it makes sense that he can supply everything we need. Notice that I, I didn't say everything we want, right? But everything we need. Uh, there's a great verse that tells us to be content where we are in life. A great verse that, that most of you probably recognize when I, when I share it. You may be thinking of it right now. It tends to go on bumper stickers. Uh, it goes on refrigerators. It, it goes uh, just different places to keep this in front of us. But it's all about being content with whatever's going on in our life, whatever's happening in our life, whatever God is taking us through or bringing us out of, it's Philippians chapter four, verse 19 says, and my God shall supply all your need according 
to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So if you're taking notes, you might circle by Christ Jesus. God's goodness is not based on our goodness. It's based on his goodness. You don't have to be good for God to be good to you. God is good to you because of what Jesus did on the cross. God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. God is the source of everything we need. And there is nothing that we need that God can't supply. And then the third thought is this. Write this down. God doesn't want me worrying about anything. God doesn't want me or you or us worrying about anything. Let me put it this way. What should we worry about? Nothing, nada, zip, zilch, zero. In fact, worry may be, I was thinking about this this week, worry may be the most common sin among God's people. God says you don't need to worry. Again, in Philippians 4, but in verse 6 this time, he encourages us, he instructs us, he tells us, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, that's pretty clear, folks. We've talked about this many times. If, if you're here at Faith and, and you've attended for a while, you've heard me say this many times, especially on this subject, because I, I truly believe uh, that it may be one of the most common sins among God's people that we tend to justify or try to justify or to write off. See, you can pray or you can panic. If you're not praying, you're probably panicking. You can worry or you can worship, but you can't do both. If you're not worshiping, you're worrying. Invite worship in the front door, worry goes out the back door. It's just how it works. I read this that John Wesley one day was walking with a man, and this man was expressing his worry about some things that were going on in his life. And the man was doubting the goodness of God. And he said, I, I don't know what to do with all this worry and all this trouble in my life. So Wesley, as they were walking along, saw a cow looking over a, a stone fence. And Wesley had a thought. He had an idea. So he asked this man, he said, do you know why the cow is looking over the fence? And the man looked at Wesley and said, no. And Wesley said, the cow's looking over the fence because he can't look through it. See, we, we cannot look through our problems. We can't look through them to the end. We don't see the end. We don't know what it is. We can't look through the stone fence. But we can trust in the goodness of God through our problems and through the difficulties. So again, turn to Matthew 6 tonight. As we turn there, I want us to realize that God is the source of everything we need. And because he's the source of everything we need, he will supply everything we need. So therefore, we don't have to worry about anything. We don't have to worry about God doing his part. He's God. <laughs> he will do his part. That's, that's what he does. God tells us, I don't want you worrying about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But why does God not want us to worry? Well, in the, the famous Sermon on the Mount, which was Jesus' sermon, Jesus gives us some reasons why, why worry is worthless. I want you to get that. Write that down, circle it, write it in bold, keep writing on it until the next point. 
Make it, make it stand out. Worry is worthless. And Jesus wants us to get that. He wants us to understand that. Now, I'm going to go through these pretty quick. So, write quickly, right? Uh, the first reason why God says we should never, ever, ever, ever worry is because worry is unreasonable. In other words, it doesn't make sense. It's unreasonable. It's, it's illogical. It's, it's irrational. It's unchristian. Jesus taught in Matthew 6, 25. Look at that with me. Verse 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor your, about your body, what you shall put on it. Is not life more than food and body, more than clothing? Worry is unreasonable because we typically worry about the wrong thing. And worry is unreasonable because we, worry doesn't change a, a thing which renders it useless. And then worry is unreasonable because the more we worry about something, the bigger it becomes in our life, in our minds. So worry is unreasonable. And then worry is unnatural. It's just an unnatural thing for a believer in Jesus Christ to do. Human beings are the only thing in nature that tend to worry. Ants don't worry. Cows don't worry. <laughs> Plants don't worry. I, I planted some uh, jalapeno plants the, the other day, a few days ago. Uh, Jill, we, she can't buy jalapenos around here that are hot enough. And I grew some plants a few years ago, and, and some of them are really hot. Uh, some jalapeno plants, and the jalapenos are really hot. So she, she wanted some. So I planted two more uh, jalapeno plants the other day. Hopefully they'll be hot. Uh, but those plants are not worried about whether they're going to grow or not. Those plants are not worried about whether they're going to produce jalapenos. They're not worried. I, I have a tendency and go, man, I, I need to water those, right? I hope it's not too hot right now because they're really small and you got to take care of them. And, but, but they're not worried about it because they weren't created to worry. Rocks don't worry. Horses don't worry. The only thing that worries in creation is human beings. And we, we worry when we're in rebellion against God. Worry's unnatural. We were created to not worry. We were created to trust God. So to worry is an unnatural thing to do. Look at verse 26. Jesus teaches us a, a biology lesson here, and then he teaches us a botany lesson. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value of more value than they? If God takes care of the birds, do you, do you not trust him to take care of you? Jesus is teaching here. And then look at verses 28 and 29. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Human beings are the only creation of God who go against the way they were created and worry about things. The birds don't. Flowers don't. God takes care of them. So worry is unreasonable and worry is unnatural. And then worry is unhelpful. It's useless. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't produce anything good. It's worthless. Look at verse 27. It says, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Worry can't make anyone one inch taller. Worry can make you, it can't make you one inch shorter. <laughs> it can't make you bigger or smaller, thinner or, or larger. Worry doesn't work. 
Which one of us can change anything by worrying? Now, I want you to follow me on this logic. Worry cannot change anything in your past. It's already done. Right? Your past is the past. So why are we worried about it? Worry cannot change your future. No matter what you think you can control about your future, you can't. And worry doesn't change it. It doesn't affect the future. So why worry about it? So what does worry do? It really just messes up today. It just keeps us stewing about things today so we're not who God wants us to be today. It just ruins the present. It zaps the strength out of your body. It's, it's not only unreasonable and unnatural, it's unhelpful. And then worry is unnecessary. Jesus says there's no need to worry because God has promised to take care of you. The Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I will have no need of anything that I have a need of because the Lord is my shepherd. See, our shepherd, he feeds, he leads, and he meets our needs. He says there's no need to worry because he'll take care of us. You know, when I was a kid, if I had a, if I had a need in my life, right? Could have been a want to, but we're talking about needs tonight. When I had a need in my life, when I was a, a kid, I, I didn't worry about where I was going to get that from. I went to my mom or I went to my dad and I said, hey, mom, I need this. Or, hey, dad, I need this. I didn't worry about where they were going to get the money from. I didn't worry about if they could get it or not. I just had this need and I expressed it to them. I, I didn't, I never once as a kid worried about uh, where they were going to get the money to get that or meet that need in my life. See, when we worry, we're worrying about a lot of things that are God's responsibility. Worry is assuming responsibility that God never intended for us to have. As a kid, as a small child, if I had not gone to my parents and, and said, I need this, and I had tried to meet that need in my own life, my parents would have said, what are you doing? That's why we're here. We're here to, to, to meet that need in your life right now. Ask us. Don't worry about where we get the money. Don't worry about how it comes about. You just ask because we're here as your parents to meet that need. Our Heavenly Father is here to meet our needs. He's a good God. Look at verse 30. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Don't miss that last part. Those are strong words from Jesus who's teaching here in Matthew 6. This is the Sermon on the Mount and it begins in 5 and we're in the middle of 6 or towards the end of 6 and it goes on into 7 and he, he's covering these areas. And just we get this little glimpse right here. Jesus is saying, look, your heavenly father and I, we love you so much. We'll meet your needs. Don't worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to clothe your body with. Don't worry about these things. He, he knows that you need them. Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, ye of little faith. So what am I saying here? I'm saying that when we worry... It comes because we've forgotten the truth of God's word and the fact that we have a good God who will take care of us. We've forgotten the Lord is our shepherd. 
We've forgotten how much he loves us, how much he wants to take care of us, how much he will take care of us. And folks, we get into trouble every time we start doubting the goodness of God. When we doubt the goodness of God, it always leads to sin in our life. And then, real quick, worry is unnecessary, which was that point. I think I said that. But worry is unnecessary. And then the last thing about worry, as far as what it, why it's, we shouldn't do it, is worry is unbelief. Worry is doubting God. God has promised to take care of every need in our lives. And if we trust him, he'll do it over and over and over and over and over again. When we doubt that, we are an unbeliever at that moment. Every time we worry, we act like an unbeliever. Look at verse 32. It says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these. See, let me just throw this out there. If you haven't stepped across the line, if you're not a believer in Christ, if you haven't realized that, that your sin has separated you from God and that Jesus came, paid the price for your sin on the cross that day. His blood covers it. It was shed for it. His blood covers it. If, and he rose again to conquer death, hell, and the grave so that our sin debt would be paid for. If you haven't accepted Christ as your Savior from your sin, then, then I, I want to tell you tonight, you should be worried. <laughs> you should be. Because you're up a creek without a paddle. You're in trouble. You're depending on yourself. And you should worry because, man, we are just not, we're not any good. There's a lot of reasons to worry if, if you don't know Christ as your Savior. Because you're facing everything alone in life without God. You've got to find all the solutions. But as a believer in Christ... My life should reflect a belief in God that he is who he says he is, that he is my shepherd. I shall not want that he's a good God, that he'll meet our needs, that he'll meet my needs. My, my life should reflect a belief in that, not a belief that I'm worried about everything, that maybe God's forgotten what's going on, that he, he recognizes what the price of oil is or that this virus needs to be contained and, and, and I'm worried about all these things. That, that's the life an unbeliever lives, not a believer. So worry is unreasonable. It's unnatural. It's unhelpful. It's unnecessary. And it shows unbelief. So what do we do? We all have a tendency at times to worry. How do we... Not worry and focus on the goodness of God. Well, the first thing is this. Ask Jesus to be your shepherd. Ask Jesus to be your shepherd. Every day, we need to acknowledge, we need to recognize, and we need to, to say, Jesus, be my shepherd today. I know you are. I recognize that. I, I want you to know that I recognize that today. Jesus, you are my shepherd Recognize it. Ask him to be your shepherd. And if you'll do that, he'll not only feed you and lead you and meet your needs. He'll also forgive the, the sin in our life again and we'll be clean before him. We'll have that right relationship with him. You ready? I wrote this down. By the, Jesus will not only feed, lead, and meet your need. He can also forgive your misdeed and help you succeed if you just trust him. Now, come on, that's pretty good, isn't it? In John chapter 10, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep 
and am known by my own. You say, Lord, you are my shepherd. That's, that's the first step, acknowledging that. Jesus says, I am, I am your shepherd. Psalms 23, the Lord is our shepherd. Who is the Lord there? Jesus said, John 10, I am the good shepherd. It's Jesus there in Psalms 23. He said, I'm it. I'm the Lord. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Do you remember when you were a little kid? I thought about this on this point. And maybe your, your family went on an outing. Maybe you went on a picnic or a hike or hunting or fishing, or maybe it was Disneyland. I don't know. But you, you went, and at the end of that day, you were just wore out as a little, little guy, right? Little girl. And your legs were just gone. You just absolutely pooped out. You just, you just were done. And mom or dad would pick you up and carry you the rest of the way. You remember that? Uh, our family had a vacation this last January. Uh, we went to Arizona and then on to California. And our grandson was, our oldest grandson's about two then. Uh, you know, the other two were, gosh, I don't even know. Can't do the math. Six months or so. And I'm going to tell you right now. Carrying a two-year-old around a zoo, <laughs> I mean, for about 15 minutes, it was great. And then I'd, my arms gave out. Uh, carrying a six-month-old got heavy at times. But see, we never get heavy to God. God doesn't carry us for 15 minutes and then go put us down because he's tired. That, that's not who he is. God... Jesus says, I'm your shepherd. I'll care for you. I'll bless you. I'll protect you. I'll save you. I'll guide you. I'll direct you. I'll discipline you when you need it. I'll defend you. I'll do all these things. When you're wore out, when you're tired, when you can't put another foot in front of the other, when you're absolutely done, just let me pick you up and carry you. I'll take you home. I'll get you the rest you need. So every day ask Jesus to be your shepherd. And then give Jesus first place. Give Jesus first place. It's extremely important to understand that we should give Jesus first place in every area of our life. See, when we give our good God and our shepherd first place in our lives, we need to give him first place in all aspects, not just a few of them. See, most of us, we don't worry about everything. Some things in life we just trust God for. Some things in life we just say, God, you, you have that. But we tend to one or two or three areas, we tend to worry about those areas, whether it be our kids and their safety, whether it be uh, finances, whether it be retirement, whether it be a spouse or a trip somebody's taken. Right? Usually it's a, it's a relational thing. We tend to worry about those areas. Everything else God has. But in order for him to be the true shepherd, for, for us not to, to live this life of worry and doubt, we need to give him all aspects of our life. Look at verse 31. It says, therefore, do not worry. <laughs> there it is. Jesus teaching here, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Anytime we worry, it's a warning light in our life that that particular area of our life has not been given first place to our shepherd. God is a good God. He'll meet our needs as long as we're keeping him first in our life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things that we tend to worry about, 
all these things shall be added unto you. And then the, the third thing is this, just relax. Just relax. How do, how do we let God be the shepherd? How do we let Jesus be the shepherd? How do we not worry about the, the needs in our life and, and not sin against God in that area? Well, it's really important to relax. And I struggle with this one. Now, I'm, I'm going to be transparent with you. There are people that worry a lot more than I do. My, my temperament, my personality is not prone to be a worrier. I'm not saying I don't ever struggle at times with it, but it's just not something that is a tremendous battle in my life. I have other battles that you don't have. Um, so let's acknowledge that. But, but I, don't, I don't tend to, to worry, but I do struggle with this one. And I, I didn't like putting this one in here. Because I, what I tend to do is I don't tend to worry because of something that I'm concerned about. I will tend to work harder at making sure that it goes the way I think it should go when I need to relax and just trust God. Look at verse 32. It says, for all these things, these things the Gentiles seek. My mind works that if I just work harder, if I put in more hours, if I'm you know, more proficient with my time, if whatever it takes to make sure my family's taken care of, to make their, their food on the table and make sure you know, there's clothes, we had clothes or the kids were small or whatever. I would just work harder. I wouldn't worry about it. I just worked harder. You may worry about it. But Jesus said, all these things the Gentiles seek. The people who don't know God run after these things that they think will make them happy. That they think will bring peace to their life. That, that they're all worried about. They chase after them. And Jesus doesn't want his sheep doing that. Jesus wants his sheep trusting him as shepherd. So just relax. I, I, I don't know what you're chasing after today. <laughs> maybe food, maybe money, maybe toilet paper. Could be Clorox, could be some masks. I don't know. Stop chasing and just trust. Just relax. Trust the shepherd. And then lastly tonight, trust him one day at a time. Trust your shepherd one day at a time. Look at verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Anybody agree with that verse? Anybody say yes if you agree with that verse. We don't need to borrow trouble, right? What our good God does is he gives us enough grace for today. He, get, he meets our needs today. And what he's saying is don't open the umbrella until it begins to rain. See, there are times in your life we should never worry, and that's the past, the present, and the future. Those are the times we should never worry. Leo Biscaglia says this, Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrow. It only saps today of its joy. We should not worry about anything because worry is sinful. And it shows that we don't trust our shepherd. See, this goes all the way back to this, allowing Jesus to be our shepherd. Sheep don't worry about anything because they're dumb sheep for one thing, but they trust their shepherd. I promise you, our shepherd is not worried about anything because he is God, he's a good God, and he'll always take care of us. Now, if you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, if you, you don't know 
God in a personal relationship. That's what you need to do tonight. You don't need to put it off. You need to do that tonight. You need to admit that you're a sinner before God, that you're, you're calling on him to save you from your sin, and you want him to be your shepherd. You, you want him to be your savior and your shepherd. And all you do is just, you say, well, how do I pray that? Talk to him. Just say, God, I'm a sinner. I, I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he paid the price for my sin. I accept him as my savior, and I, I accept him as my shepherd. I accept you, God, as my father. That's all you pray. That's all you do. And if you'll do that tonight, if you make that decision, I want to know. We want to help you. We want to be here for you. So if you make that decision, I want you to text the number 68878 and put in that line, Jesus, because that'll come to us and then we'll follow up with you and then we can help you from there. But for those of you like me who are believers in Jesus Christ, we've accepted him as our savior. He is already our shepherd. How much worry is there in our lives right now? Say it again with me. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Do we believe that tonight? Does our life reflect that tonight and today, and will it tomorrow? Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we come tonight recognizing, acknowledging that you are our Father. You, you know exactly what we need. You know when we need it. And you have the power and the strength and the sovereignty to meet every need in our life. So God, we thank you for that. I thank you that, that I'm not worshiping a God who doesn't have all power. That you do. And I just pray for me. I pray for everyone listening tonight. Everyone that's walked through this Sermon on the Mount with Jesus in this aspect and focused on Psalms 23, that we would acknowledge that Jesus is our shepherd. And that because he's our shepherd, I shall not want. He'll make us to lie beside the green pastures and lead us beside the still waters. And he'll give our souls the rest that he needs. And as it goes on in Psalms 23, God, help us to trust in you tonight, to rest, to relax, to call out to you as shepherd, to let you lead and not to worry about anything because you are our shepherd. Father, we love you. Help us to be a people of belief in what you've taught us here tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Once again, thank you for watching tonight. God bless you. Let's go and let our good shepherd lead us.